your cracks make you who you are. You're listening to episode number 81 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and today's episode is an interview with a content creator at A Glimpse of Maria. Maria is a friend of mine who I met just a few months ago. Uh, We actually went to New York Fashion Week together last fall, and she's somebody who her creativity has always really inspired me. Uh, She creates very editorial-like photo shoots on her Instagram page, and she's now a full-time content creator. Uh, In this episode, we talk about her backstory, her immigration story, and how she got into content creation, a lot of things that I actually didn't know about. So this interview is also really interesting for me as a listener. Maria is currently a public relations student at MRU in Calgary, and her internship actually got canceled because of COVID-19. So she kind of took matters into her own hands and is now a full-time content creator as her internship for her degree, which I thought was really cool. In this episode, we also talk about her creative process, how she stays inspired. And at the end, I also ask her about her relationship with her boyfriend John, who I love catching up and following their journey together. Um, They've implemented some cool self-reflection and development pieces into their relationship, and so I wanted to include that in this episode because I think it's really helpful for maybe anybody who's in a relationship and you might be going through a tough time or you just want to fully be on the same page as your partner when it comes to your goals and your passions. So listen for that at the end of this episode. So if you're listening to this podcast audio version, I actually did something new this week. I recorded a video episode of this podcast, which is going to start a new segment on my YouTube channel, uh, Self Care Sunday series, where I'm going to be sharing video interviews of every guest that I interview. And so if you are more of a visual person, you want to, uh, you know, have the video playing in the background while you're getting your makeup ready or whatever it is you're doing on your Self Care Sunday, um, go watch the video on YouTube. YouTube, which I will link in the show notes below. And finally, if you are a supporter of the podcast, if you love this episode and you want to support monetarily, I so welcome your donations on Patreon. Also linked in the show notes below for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the podcast. All right, enough with the ads. Let's get into today's episode. I'm so excited for you guys to tune into Maria's story. So I want to start with your story and basically context on who Maria is before we jump into everything creative process. So mm-hmm. a brief backstory on Maria. Who are you? How did you get to where you are now and into content creation? Sure. So I was born in a little tiny country um, in East Europe called Belarus, and my parents are interracial. So I had a very interesting upbringing because I grew up with people that were that that did not look like me at all and then we were facing some like racial persecution so my parents made the decision to immigrate to Angola which is where my dad is from which is West Africa and you know my mom was living like leaving her whole life behind and it was kind of like should we go should we not go should we stay And then uh, I actually just found this out recently. My mom said that when they were at the airport, I was like looking around and I saw kids that look like me. And I was like, look, mom, like 
there's a girl Mm -hmm. and she looks just like me. And I think for any parent, that's like a, a very hard, like realization that like, okay, like something needs to change. I'm going to give my kid like a better life. Right. So let me immigrate, even though it's a huge sacrifice. So then, um, we arrived in Angola and I lived there until I was 12 and it was a very interesting and like hard transition, especially for my mom, because she wasn't accepted in the family because she was white. And Mm. yeah, so it was like almost like a reverse of what we were experiencing in Belarus. And I am a product of, um, I guess, like domestic violence and all of the things that I went through kind of brought me to be like really authentic. That's why like when you look at my content, it always comes from a place of vulnerability and authenticity because it's just not realistic to be like, okay, yeah, life is great. You know, we're working towards something and everything is like perfect all the time. You know, like your cracks make you who you are. Anyway, um, so I lived in Angola until I was um, 12 or 13. And then my dad got an opportunity to move to the States. Um, And then I moved to California. And in California, I always say that I was made in Belarus (laughs) and then kind of like designed in Cali, (laughs) kind of like an iPhone, um, because that's when I really saw you know, what life could be because in in California, I'm sure you've traveled to LA and you know how creatively in tune people there are. So I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like maybe I could um, do something artistic with my life and do something that like really speaks to me. Then we had to move. I moved to Texas. (laughs) And how old were you when you moved to Texas? So when I moved to Texas, I was, I think 15. Okay. Um, And then we had to move back to Angola for work again, right? Like for Mm. my dad's work. And then uh, that was such a hard move because after experiencing a life in like a first world country and you go back to like a developing country, it's, it's, it's hard on the whole family, but it was especially hard um, on my mom, right? Because the abuse got, even more um, amplified there because there's not laws and it's not as strict, right? There's no regulations for that. Um, People just kind of turn a blind blind eye to family matters there. My dad decided to send me to South Africa (laughs) for school. So by the time you were how old? So yeah, this was now, this was like 17. I was in okay. South Africa when I was And you'd 17. already lived in all of these places. Yes, <laughs> yes. So as a kid, I'm kind of like absorbing all these cultures, all the people, right? And I'm seeing all the different stages of my, like in all the different stages of my life, I'm seeing how people interact with each other in like different cultures. So for me... I think that's why I feel that I can relate to people really easily and I can just like zero in and I can understand you because I know there's um, so many different stories and there's so many different influences, you know, that make a person. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, South Africa was a crazy kind of phase for me in terms of it. It was almost like California because I went to a private school there and the kids there are like on steroids. They're crazy. I have 
I have one friend, Peggy, Peggy DeVille, and she was qualifying um, to be an Olympic swimmer. There were kids that were like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and just doing these like extraordinary things, like past the limitations of what you think a person can achieve. Not even a person, like a teenager (laughs) can achieve. And then um, after that, I had to go back to Angola and I didn't know this at the time. And I actually found this out very, very recent. My mother was trying very hard to get to Canada. And now I understand why, like as an adult, right? Because of um, the domestic things that were happening at home. And finally, we my I don't know how she convinced my dad that was like, yeah, that's the right move. And we moved and we spent, and I spent 10 years in Canada. We, we came to Canada in 2009 and um, two years ago. Well, no, actually in 2018, I got my Canadian citizenship. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and I feel like that's kind of when like life started opening up for me because I felt mm-hmm. like I finally have some roots, you know, I don't, have to move anymore. Although it was amazing. I will never, ever trade this experience of moving and and meeting all these different people. But there is a sense of belonging and home that I feel in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure you feel that too. Like the city city is great. Yeah. Yeah. And then I dived into Instagram as a form of like, almost like to escape of everything that's, that was going on. Although I like, I wasn't full on content creator by Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. it was just like a way for me to see what other people are doing like and kind of explore my own creativity but I was actually um on the track to be a pharmacist (laughs) right because you went to school for that before you got into marketing right yeah yeah before I got into uh public relations okay yeah did you go into pharmacy what was the yeah, so the reason why I went into pharmacy is because again of the household that I was grew up that I was brought up in. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is a very kind of conservative. Like, there's only three careers for you: like medicine, law, and engineering. Mm-hmm. And pharmacy was just kind of like, okay, well, I don't want to be a doctor. I went to school to be a pharmacy assistant. And I was working in the industry for two to three years. And although I like love helping people because they're the another aspect of it is like um, customer service and retail. Mm-hmm. And I love that aspect of it. But I mean, I wasn't like it wasn't lighting me up. I wasn't doing something that was fulfilling and that really yeah. spoke to me. Right. Yeah. So how did you then shift into public relations? What did that look like? Yeah. So by that point in my story, my dad um, left um, the household. I I actually told my mother that if he didn't leave, I was going to (laughs) leave. And yeah. And um, sorry. (laughs) And um, so he left. And then I started kind of reshifting and then I got into business at Mount Royal. And then um, I was, I actually started blogging by then, but just like very on the side, just kind of posting photos. And 
I remember a PR brand approached me and I'm like, oh, what's PR? What is this mm. all about? And I just kind of started getting curious. And I'm like, well, if I want to be a content creator or a blogger, let me see what the other side of this industry looks like. So then I found out Mount Royal had a PR uh, program. And then um, I interviewed for it, got in, and then things just kind of took off from there. That's so cool. And the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, so in, wait, the making, that, in the making. That was two years ago? Yes, that was three years ago. That was three years ago because I'm entering ago. into my fourth year um, in the fall. I mean, there's so many aspects of your story that I find really interesting, but something that I really loved is how you, even though you had a degree in something that is very sustainable and respectable, you wanted to pursue your dreams and something that was going to really fulfill you and make you happy to wake up every day and something very creative, um, which I think a lot of people are like afraid to take that leap. Mm -hmm. And then with all of your experiences too, like even if I just look at your Instagram feed, everything that you create is very editorial. It's so creative. You have like this really, really amazing mind. And I want to know where do you find your inspiration? Yeah, that's that's a loaded question because, uh, so going back to how I grew up, my opinion was always very muted and not considered. And mm. when you're creative, you you have that inside you, like it's in your blood, right? And I had no way to express that for years and years and years. And now that I have the opportunity to kind of like <clears throat> have my own voice and um, like bring things to life that are in my head, it's just explosive, right? So like, <laughs> and I'm sure, and I'm like waiting for the day for that to like stifle or to like tone down. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm like so full of ideas and I'm, I'm so eager to like share my story with people who don't think that it's possible to, you know, like pursue their dream and like to live out their, their wildest fantasies and to kind of push the limits of they think of what they think is possible for them. But in terms of like staying inspired, I, it's a full, it's a full time job. (laughs) Sometimes you're in the shower and the water hits you just right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, yes, this would be a great idea. Um, Other times is just going through pages of Vogue and not reading a word, just like looking at images. And mm. I love, love, love Alexander McQueen and his come up story. And, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid watching the Chanel shows, it's so, you feel like you're teleported into mm-hmm. a world. And I find my inspiration by like consuming works of art. I feel like um, with fashion blogging especially on Instagram like everybody just kind of copies each other (laughs) which which you know there's nothing wrong with that because everybody has their own interpretation of a trend Mm -hmm. but I feel like you can really get inspired by like venturing out of your niche and venturing out of your medium yeah yeah I fully agree with that mm -hmm. so with like dancing right you can get um, inspiration for poses from movements mm-hmm. of the dancers or whatever, like a painting, like go to the museum and just look at colors, right? See what your brain conceptualizes by like consuming that information. Yeah. So 
quarantine yeah. <laughs> um, has affected, you know, every aspect of our lives in a lot of ways, creativity yeah. being one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I know personally, it has been a roller coaster. Like I'm an introvert, yeah. but I like going outside sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully it's nicer out now. So I feel like that's gonna, you know, allow us to feel a little bit more free and creative, but mm-hmm. how have you been kind of overcoming those challenges or what have been the biggest challenges for you during quarantine or has it not affected your creativity? I think it's important to mention that I've been like really privileged in a way to like not experiencing the really, really harsh realities of mm. quarantine. Like I've lost my internship and that was like at the the peak of, um, what am I trying to say? Like the peak of what, how quarantine has affected me. Right. Um, but in terms of like my family is healthy, I'm yeah. healthy and it's so important to keep that in mind. So I, I just feel really blessed when I think Mm -hmm. about that, you know, that's kind of how I cope through everything. Like things Mm -hmm. could be worse, girl. Things could be worse. They can always (laughs) be worse. Yeah. Uh, but that's not to say that sometimes some days are harder than others. And when quarantine really like first hit, I just felt so lost and out of, like, I felt like I didn't have a grip on my life anymore. Mm. I I chase to have control and I chase to have uh, a plan for my life. Mm -hmm. That's why I started the um, GoFundYYC campaign because I, it was just like a way for me to regain control and to help others out because I was so fearful. And I think the best way to manage fear is to like help someone else because then you don't have like, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about someone else. So that was like the first thing that you did after you were feeling like your life was kind of out of your control and you're like, no, I'm going to do something to help mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and kind of get my life back in order. You did the GoFundMe campaign. And then in terms of like your content creation and just that creative process, how has that changed or how have you adjusted your content creation during this time? I don't know. It just, it, you know, it just kind of <laughs> snowballed and happened. I feel like when you're in this entrepreneurial space, it's like sink or swim and mm-hmm. you have to figure out how to make something work that might not be a de- might not be ideal work for you. We just started like rearranging things at the house and figuring out if they work <laughs> and, you know, just shooting and, I think it's it's such a cool way to create because before, so basically I just want to uh, backtrack a little bit. So when I was in Europe, I used the architecture, like the beautiful European background, you know, to mm-hmm. make my photos come to mm-hmm. life. Like, I mean, every street is a perfect location to it's shoot. Stunning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, you know, with, uh, you went to Spain, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like everywhere you go, you could take a photo and it's perfect because everything is stunning there. Exactly. Exactly. And even before that, we did a lot of outdoor photography. So we used like the stunning uh, backdrop of the Rockies um, and we just kind of relied on your background to, Mm -hmm. to produce a photo. So now I'm really relying on how my brain puts things together 
which is really exciting because I've always kind of wanted to be a a creative director for a magazine. Yeah. And putting together a set is an exciting process because, you know, um, some things work and some don't, you know, you don't want it to look like you're shooting on a couch. Well, maybe sometimes (laughs) you do, but for me, for my type of editorial, um, work, I needed to transform my space. So that's a process that I've been really enjoying. And to be completely honest, once quarantine is over, I don't think I'm going to (laughs) stop. I love that. Honestly, I, me and Em were looking at, um, the one that you actually shot on your couch, I think with the magazines as like your pillow or like something like that. And you're like, how does she come up with this? Like, what? <laughs> this is amazing. And meanwhile, we're both in the house being like, okay, we can't do any shooting. We can't because we're in here and there's nothing to shoot. And then we look at your feed and we're like, oh, actually we could do a lot. We just have to be more creative. Yeah. It's just kind of like pushing your own boundaries and yeah, like willing to um, have things look like crap you know, just try Mm. it, just try it. You will never know. You'll surprise yourself. I love that mentality. I want to dive into like self-awareness and self-development because in, I guess the relatively short time that I've known you, you've always come across to me as someone who is very in tune and connected with yourself. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what are some of the tools or practices that you use to better yourself or, you know, self-care tips, anything that has really helped you get to a point where now you feel like more connected to yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think um, like as a teenager, you always struggle with figuring out who you are and even, you know, into your early twenties, mid twenties, it was very important for me to figure this out early (laughs) because there was so many things that were happening in my life that if I wasn't self-aware, I would have never, I would have just been broken, you know? So, um, I actually started meditating when I was 18 years old and it's been like an up and up and down process Mm -hmm. from that, from there, because I, I, I remember this moment so clearly, um, mental health is not talked in traditional households usually. And I've experienced that on my own and like just through friends and people that I've talked to. It's just like not a thing that you talk about. So I remember I was in the shower and I was like, I was having now what I know to be an anxiety attack. Mm. And my chest was like, I just like couldn't breathe, right? I'm like, what is that? Like, what is going on? And I had no idea what that was. It was anxiety. No one's ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Anyway, so I started doing research, um, hopped on Google, and I kind of stumbled on meditation. It was like reading a forum or something, you know, and they're like, yeah, like try breathing exercises. And I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in fact, it did. It, it alleviated a, a little bit of, you know, the pain that I was experiencing. And then, um, from there. So I started when I was 18 and uh, now I'm 27. So it's been a while (laughs) and it's never perfect. I think a lot of people think that meditation is like, you get to a point where you're like enlightened. And when you meditate, you don't think about anything. You're just like humming and it's not, 
No, <laughs> it's not at that. Uh, after, you know, what, 10 years of practice, nine years of practice, I still have very cluttered thoughts and I still have very imperfect sessions, if you will. And it's all about just kind of sitting with your thoughts and realizing and processing what you're feeling without taking on the burden of what you're, what you're thinking about or what you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's the best way I can de- describe it. So the other thing that I share on my channel in terms of self-care is journaling. Every morning I take two to five minutes to just jot down my thoughts and like the intentions that I want to set for the day or even just to process thoughts because I don't know about you, but I'm a water sign and I feel (laughs) things very deeply. (laughs) Wait, what's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Okay. Yeah, but I'm a good Scorpio. I'm not a No, I like Scorpios. You do? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Oh, that's good to hear because most people don't. (laughs) I know. People judge Scorpios. No, I really like Scorpios. Okay, good, good. Um, Anyway, the the reason why I got to be such a tame Scorpio (laughs) um, is because of journaling and Journal, what journaling does for me is a way to process my feelings quickly because I'm someone who sits with things that happen to me and I, I brew, I like brew it in my head and in my mm-hmm. heart. And sometimes I, you know, could lash out calmly, <laughs> passively, aggressively. So I started journaling things that happen to me, things that I look forward to, things that scare me, you know, just like, nothing is off limits. So one thing that I've been loving that you've been sharing on your Instagram lately, maybe like the past couple months is Mm -hmm. your journey with John and kind of the behind the scenes with John, who's your boyfriend, Um, like your weekly sit downs, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Can you talk a little bit about why you started doing, I don't know, I forget what you called them, but like those weekly sit downs where you guys like go through everything. Can you talk about that? Because I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Sure. A hundred percent. So, um, John and I, so, okay. When I went abroad, John joined me at the end of it and we did one month of traveling and we saw, oh my gosh, we saw everything. <laughs> we saw <laughs> Portugal. We went to, John is Greek. So we went to see where he comes from and we, um, got to visit his aunties, like his Greek aunties. Um, I remember, we FaceTimed his grandma that's living here in Calgary and her sisters uh, in Greece, right? And they haven't seen each other in 15 years, I think. Oh my God. So I have a photo of them together, but she, like the grandma, John's grandma that's here in Calgary is on FaceTime. So such a beautiful moment of like reconnection. Yeah. So we were so inspired by all our travels and everything that we saw. And we were really itching to get back home and to make this a reality for us, make, make this life of kind of like a nomad worker, a thing. Right. And when we got back, um, that's not what happened. John and I went through a very rocky patch, Mm. um, in our relationship and we just weren't seeing eye to eye. I'm so energetic and I'm so ready to dive into things and he needs a minute to process things, you know? Um, And he just like, wasn't ready to work. So after month two, I was like, Hey, come on, man, like let's go. Or I have to figure something else out. And I know that sounds crazy, but 
I don't know. I'm just not willing to sacrifice anything for anybody because I've sacrificed so much in my life in the past that even though this hurts so, so bad, I, I needed to do that for me. It turns out that it's exactly what we needed for our relationship to blossom because I mean, like we're great now. Like I'm more in love mm-hmm. with him than ever before, which I didn't know was possible. Mm-hmm. And um, it all kind of happened with these like day, uh, weekly sit downs and weekly powwows that we do. So um, what we do is we sit down together and we look at everything that happened last week for us. So that includes things like what, what we learned, what habits can we leave behind? Who was holding us back? Was it ourselves? Was it someone else? And just kind of like go through our week and see what we could learn from last week. And then the other side, it's like a template that we use, a template that we came up with together. So the other half of the template is like uh, everything that we want to accomplish of the week ahead. Because we usually do it on Sunday. Yeah, so we kind of like tie a bow, learn our lesson, and then start with a fresh new intention for the next week. And I've actually shared um, this template with my followers um, with an explanation of how you fill out each, like each section. Yeah, and you know what? You don't have to do it with like a partner. I think Mm -hmm. with your, your family where I think having that sense of accountability that like you let someone else know that, Hey, I've learned this. I'm going to do this better next week. It could be something as simple as like drinking three glasses of water or four glasses of water. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I really love it. I thought it was really cool that you do that. And it's just like another mindfulness thing, but including Mm -hmm. somebody who is so important to you in that process, which I don't see a lot of, I think sometimes I don't know. There's still that stigma of like men and mental health and Mm -hmm. a lot of, I don't know, people are maybe afraid to like have those conversations with their partner. Um, Yeah. So I thought it was really cool that you were doing that and like sharing it with Mm -hmm. your followers and just how that can help people in a relationship. I love it. Thanks. So usually uh, when I share that, I include a line and it's, we do our powwows to make sure that the future that we're working towards is the future that we both want, Mm. you know? Uh, And I think that kind of like encompasses what we do perfectly because when we got back from Europe, it was like, we were just not on the same page and we were just not seeing eye to eye. And now with these powwows, if John needs an extra, you know, day to just be with himself and do whatever he needs to do. And same with me, I'm aware of that and I don't have to like wonder what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Well, I don't have any other questions. Was there anything else that you wanted to say? Oh, <laughs> I guess uh, I just like hope that everybody is taking care of themselves in this craziness that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I know Calgary is like experiencing um, a little bit of like, a lift from all the regulations and I just want everybody to be like cautious (laughs) right because um we just I don't know we just have to take care of ourselves and our families and most importantly like our mental health don't feel like you need to write a novel you know (laughs) or write or start a business whatever if you want to do that like kudos to you all power to you Uh, but just make sure that you're really really taking care of yourself and 
figuring out your intentions before things really lift and you're kind of like thrown into the wolves because I don't know about you, Kaylee, but I feel like we're going to get hit with like so much work. The mm-hmm. hustle and bustle is going to start, you yeah. know, and we just like have to be mentally ready for that. Yeah, honestly, I was having this thought um, maybe over the past week about how I at least have finally kind of settled into this being the new normal and mm-hmm. finding joy in little moments and that sort of thing. And I started to get anxiety about going back to normal, like in quotations, mm-hmm. because I think this time has given me at least a new appreciation for certain things. And a lot of people are kind of starting to appreciate the little things again and spending more time with their family at home and working on themselves. And the idea of going quote unquote back to normal just kind of like gave me that bad gut feeling of like, Oh Mm -hmm. no, like it's just going to be work and hustle and like not appreciating the little things anymore. So I really hope that kind of these new habits that have settled for people and these values that have resurfaced mm-hmm. are hopefully here to stay. Um, but I guess we'll see as things open up again. Yeah, it's all what you make it, you know? Mm-hmm. I am making it an intention to, like you said, appreciate the little things when things go back to normal. You know, and if you set the intention to do that, it's going to happen. But if you kind of just disregard it, then it's just, it will all be for nothing almost. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Thank you guys all again for tuning in this week. And until next time, happy Self-Care Sunday.